0: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we are in the month of December, December the 4th. And I do have Terry Kemper on the line with me today. And if you want to join us, phone lines are wide open starting right now. Uh, 403-974-8255. Good morning, Terry. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. And it's... Uh, a decent day. Eh? Yesterday was a great day. It was nice and uh, sunny, warm. It actually felt. I think it got down to like or up to. I don't know. <laughs> At this time of year, you say up to, and then in the summer you say down to <laughs> to minus one. So uh, yeah, we, we were going the right way in the, on the thermometer, anyways, which was kind of nice. Um, not not too warm where it gets all slushy. It was just uh, just enough to just feel really good. The vitamin D hitting your face, nice warm sun. We had a lot yeah, of it's... people getting their Christmas trees yesterday, so it was great. Yeah, thanks.
1: Nice. Yeah, it takes the edge yeah. off of what uh, what we've experienced the last few days. So always
0: nice when you get down to minus seven; it feels balmy. Absolutely, yeah. Isn't that? And uh, other places in the world would think it would be crazy. <laughs> they would uh, be freezing. Um, so today we're going to try and cover a few things regarding Christmas. We're going to uh, we're going to chat regarding some of the Christmas plants. Um, that we have down in the greenhouse. And then also Christmas tree care. Because it can uh it can make or break your Christmas on the if you're sitting your tree up and uh and you want to get it staying fresh for the for the whole Christmas season because it's uh it it's something you make a commitment to that thing, you put it in the stand. Um but first and foremost when you get your when you get your tree you pick out the one you want and and that's it's it's funny when you're picking out trees with with people, and you've done a fair bit of that already, Terry. As well, I have. <laughs> um, just the different uh, opinions on what's a nice tree, right? And yeah, uh, and everyone's it's, got uh, their their view on uh, that ideal, that perfect tree.
1: Um yeah. Myself, I, I tend to like the ones that um, are a little more open and not quite as full. Yeah. Um, just because I like the way that you can get the decorations in there and, and get them to hang and, and actually and actually see them rather than those big big full trees
0: where they might sit more on the surface. Yeah, so, they kind um, of more dangle on the outside. Yeah, but there is a technique, and I and I'm finding that because um, we we are doing the Western Canadian trees, local trees again this season. We have the Douglas firs, premium Douglas firs, gorgeous tree. But there is a bit of a technique. If you have some heavy ornaments, I recommend keep them um, on the inside of the tree. But the nice thing with these, like you were saying, you can you can put them in the middle of the tree, and they hang there really nice. If you hang all your heavy ones on the outside, it kind of looks like a uh, like a peacock sort of getting ready for battle. <laughs> if all the branches down a little bit too far. So, good visual so, yeah well i was yeah. trying to think what 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 spreads it's things like that and i was like okay, i just remember watching uh some of those uh national geographic uh, right. shows a little <laughs> peacock just puffs itself up and then it's ready <laughs> but uh that that is sort of what it, so i found that that works really good like just decorating our tree is you stick the heavier ones in the middle and uh and then you use all the outer thing for all the really light ones, and that just sits perfect. It just pulls it down enough, and you get uh, you get a great looking tree, like you're saying. And you can you can fill it up, and actually can you can see the the inner part of the tree and the, all the decorations throughout the the whole tree. So we've had a really good response, and and people appreciating. And plus, we were able to lower our price by about twenty percent on all our Christmas trees this year. Well trying to help battle this inflation that we keep hearing about. And uh, so with the savings on freight and buying local, we were able to uh, to lower our prices by about 20%. So we were very happy that we were able to do that, to pass on some savings uh, to our customers during the Christmas season. And uh, and people always got to remember, it, like if, if you don't find the absolute perfect tree you're looking for, you always get to pick another one next year right, so right. it's sort of yeah. it's up for 3 weeks so it's not <laughs> now, it's, so. A, it's a pretty low commitment so yeah yeah but it's it's important to people and i and i I love that right people come in and it's uh they have little Johnny with them and and of course the wife the boss and then the and then the guy who holds the tree the dad and, <laughs> and he sort of and then they pick them out between the the boss and the kids they usually pick a nice one and And uh, But when you're at Spruce Up, we also will give you a fresh cut um, on your tree. We can limb it up for you, get it uh, ready for your stand. We do have stands as well if you need a good stand. And then also we have the tree preservative, which we do recommend, especially when you first set them up, just to get them very hydrated, get the water into them right away, do that fresh cut. Get them into the stand, fill that stand up with water right away. Get it and try and get a good stand with a big reservoir, um, like the Douglas fir. We have about a eight footer, and it's drinking about a liter a day still. So it's it it's it's soaking up the water really nicely, and and staying nice and fresh and lots of good fragrance. So um, you don't want to let it dry out and seal up again because it won't. Uh, you won't be able to get that. Opened up unless you take it down and recut it again. So, you won't get that draw of water up. Yeah, it was important, right? So, and uh, the tree preserve, I can't remember what it's called. It's some sort of tree. We have it at the front tail. I can't remember the exact name. Um, Actually, I do have it here. Brad just sent it to me. It is called Keeps It Green Green. Christmas Tree Preservative. So,
1: I knew the word um, green in there.
0: Yeah. Absolutely keeps it green, so that's perfect. And a bottle of that, which will more than last you through the season, is five ninety nine. So um well worth the for the five bucks, six bucks to uh help keep your tree nice and fresh. And uh and we're the we're selling lots of boughs and we have a really nice selection of uh the bows. Do you do any of that? Terry we're still waiting for you gotta do your one out front still. You usually do okay. a bird one or something here for the winter, eh?
1: Yeah, that's happening today.
0: I'm going to get that right. uh, together today. So, um, Awesome. Yeah. The highly anticipated Terry Kemper <laughs> bird planter 2022. 2022. Come see it. No, <laughs> no pressure there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, They. Eh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it lasted right through the season last year, and it was there right until spring, and uh, the birds enjoyed it, and uh, and so did a lot of the people that got to see it, so... Uh, looking forward to see what you put together this year with that. So um, that'll be nice to see. And but we do have lots of the greens and the and the different things for people. Um, we were making Grinch trees yesterday, which was pretty fun. Um, it was uh, they were selling pretty good the day before, so we went in and uh, we made a few more yesterday. And I got to make up a few myself, so it was uh, it was fun. I haven't done that for a little while, so it was good to get my hands on the on the greens and they're uh, nice and sappy after um <laughs> and the nice thing is we have that local soap um, we have that it's a it looks like a little mini hockey puck I don't know if you've tried it it's in the main bathroom there um, we kind of just have it off to the side but it's made by a local company and it's like a little hunk of charcoal soap um, man does it take the sap off unbelievable like it just it's like a little scrub brush and soap all in one. Oh really? And yeah. It's okay, a real no, I haven't charcoal. tried that yet, but I'll
1: have to check that out.
0: Yeah. So after you don't wear no gloves today, Terry, so you get some okay. good sap on your fingers. All right. And I'll take a before and after. Doing that. Yeah. And <laughs> uh and then uh then you can try out the soap and get that sap off. But again, that's another we do try to find as much local things, like we have two or three kinds of birdhouses locally made as well. So, wherever we can. And then we have the, uh, also the, a lot of the bird feed um, things for the, for the season, the wreaths and, and some of the stuff for the bird, again, locally made. And our supplier of our bird seed is local Alberta as well. So it's been, it's a little, sometimes a little harder, but we are finding those good local um, companies to work with. And again, just trying to help out with some of the, the freight and one thing i'm really finding is that the quality um is really high like they 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 sometimes may a little bit pricier but the quality you're getting is far superior so mm-hmm. um we're, we've been very happy finding these and working with uh, some of the local suppliers wherever we can so um <laughs> that being said uh if you are doing the greens we got a couple minutes here before we need to take a break um same thing if you pick out your cedar, um, your pine, some fir. Um, I like to lay it out. Um, uh, we had a lady in yesterday, she I think she bought like 400 feet of the rope. And I said, Do you have wilt proof at home? She was absolutely because wow. that's a lot of work to get that in the house, and yeah. then to have it dry out on you. So, and she already had a plan. I suggested this lay it out on a tarp or old newspaper or an old sheet or something, lay out your greens and a little bit warm outside in the sun when it warms up a bit, give it a really good soaking with the proof, And that's that anti-desiccant that we recommend for our cedars, boxwood, and it works great for your Christmas greens. Yeah. It's like lip balm for your evergreens and also for all your tree, um, fresh cut um, brows and, and cedar rope and, all that kind of stuff. It just seals it up and it honestly lasts three times as long and and then you don't have to worry as much um, about that drying up inside the house because when you bring that in, that cedar, there's no way you can water like the rope or some of the things. Some of the pots you can do, like the Grinch tree that we were making, we have them sitting in a pot with uh, Oasis, which holds the water. And Mm -hmm. then some of our bigger ones, we use soil. Um, so you can use that as well, um, which will keep feeding them through. But typically, you, you freeze them in outside, and then they, they stay mm-hmm. fairly fresh. But when you're bringing them in the house, um, and we do wilt-proof all of our arrangements um, for you before we send them home with you. Um, right after we make them, we give them a, a good spraying of the wilt-proof so they are treated with that to uh, to ensure that they last as long as possible throughout the season. So. Anyways, all kinds of. Are you going to put any evergreens outside, Terry? Or, uh,
1: yeah, I'm going to have uh, <clears throat> a couple by my back door there. Um, yeah. I haven't put haven't put them together yet, but uh, was waiting for a bit of a break in the weather, and I have that now, so that might even happen
0: uh, tonight. Yeah, no excuses again, right? <laughs> nope. No, don't eh? There's always so run- much time too, right? It is this running out of those. Yeah, it is. Yeah,
1: you know, we yeah. we round so the corner into December, and then it's like
0: go time, yeah. right? So Yeah, we don't have much time to, uh, to procrastinate on this one. No. Um, but we do, we can't procrastinate any longer. We do have to take a break. If you want to join Terry and I, we will be here taking your calls and texts. And you can text us or call us at 403- 974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR welcome back to let's talk gardening and let's talk gardening is brought to you by spruce it up calgary's christmas destination spruce it up green it up prune it up we got you covered and uh it is like a little christmas wonderland uh, down there today and uh, for the next couple weeks which is awesome um enjoyable lots of people commenting on how nice it smells like when you're outside in the tree lot there especially when it warmed up a little bit yesterday it just uh that fragrance just oozes out of those trees which is kind of nice yeah yeah it feels really nice feels good um so when we get to the christmas plants and again if you if you want to join us they are wide open and we actually do let's we do have one caller let's go to diane that we won't have to make her wait while she is on the line good morning diane
2: good morning fellas how are you today
0: we're doing great i was
2: down at your winter wonderland a couple of weekends ago and it's just like being in a Little fairy world, it's just beautiful.
0: <laughs> yeah, the team has done a really, really good job again this year. And so it's we're
2: decorated so lovely.
0: Yeah, we're very proud of what they do. They do a nice job. They sure do. And we do. do Santa and his reindeer are coming to visit us next next weekend. So, oh, really? Oh, yeah. have to so check that out. So we do have our photo photos ready. And uh, yes, nice. Yeah. I- uh, my question we're, we're good is, down at Spruce It well, Up. We're the only place he'll bring, he brings his reindeer with him. So. Oh,
2: is that right? I hope we got <laughs> he got reindeer food out. out
0: as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so. good. Well, my yeah, question how today can we help? is, yeah. uh, I planted some double tulips early blooming across the front of my house, and the squirrels dug them all up the next day. Now, I don't know if they sit there and watch you do it. <laughs> Somebody told me they can smell them. So on Halloween uh, afternoon, I dug all the holes again. And then with Halloween and then the snowstorm that started the next day, I still have all the little holes across the front. So what is the latest that I can pop the tulip bulbs in there and just put some, I'll just have to get a bag of dirt
0: to cover them? Yeah, actually, you could do that. Like today, like today's a good day. It's supposed to be decent, like sort of in that minus one kind of thing. Right. Um. You could totally do it. if you already have the holes there and they're sitting there. Yeah, well, pop them in. Get a just get a thing of soil like you were saying, a bag of soil, and then and just cover just them up. And- okay, yeah. right now Absolutely. it's
2: covered with uh, you know the first snow that we had was hard, kind of yeah yeah, but that's all over it right now. So I'll have to wait till that sort of melts away a bit. So like is is um, February and March? Is that too late? put them
0: in? Um, uh, you probably could if you get an opportunity because they just need a certain amount of... Terry, do you know what sort of the time frame It's Sort of like at least 10 to 12 weeks or something?
1: Yeah, it's in that 12-week period, so it would all depend on how you were storing the bulbs, Diane. They're um, in the basement, in the dark. Basement in the dark, so laying like on the floor kind of thing? So. Yes. Yeah. So they sh- I'd say they should be fine, um, okay. but it'll just be a matter of trying to time it so that you can get out um in the spring there early and and get them in if you were able to i right. still try to get them in outside there okay um and
2: I uh, you can buy these little um strips of black uh, plastic that have little pokey things all across the top so uh, the plan is to put that in first and then the dirt on top so if the squirrels start digging they'll run into these little spiky things
0: yeah, I've seen those. It's sort of like, and they point upwards. Exactly. You can also spray your bulbs with Bobex. Oh, okay. It, it, or yeah, spray the bulb itself. To. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. That's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Good. So you I can try that. that. Be... And but if it's frozen, in, they're going to have a hard time digging <laughs> yeah. them up as well. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, Except
2: with the new dirt, and it'll be loose. They can just get in there. Yeah.
0: We've got. The book give four. it a little. Just don't soak them, but give it a little bit of water, so that way they freeze in nicely.
2: Okay, that's excellent advice.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. But I would even try and, if you know where your holes are, I would shovel away the snow. Oh, okay. If you can, if it's not too hard. Um, right. Because the way the forecast, like, it looks decent, but I'm not sure. Like, in some last few years, once we hit January, we had snow almost right through the winter, so. Right, so um, if I can do it sooner, the better. Yeah. And then you can try and get them out Perfect. there, or That's... you could also force them in the in your fridge, right? Oh, or if right. If you have a unheated garage, um, stick them in a, the coolest, darkest place you got. Uh-huh. Leave them for that twelve weeks, um, either in the fridge or if you have an unheated garage, um, sort of in a in a paper bag filled right. with really dry potting soil, okay, or, or a cocoa moss or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And oh, let them okay. go through that cold period then. And then you could plant them into just into pots, like early early spring or something like that, and then, right. then just enjoy them that way.
2: Right. Okay. They were a double, and they just looked lovely in the package. So yeah. I guess this I call we've got one pesky squirrel. I call Ralph. So Ralph yeah. and the team were out. <laughs> 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 Very busy. Yeah, I'm myself. lucky
0: actually. We got a couple big spruce trees, and with all the pine cones on the on the spruce this year, all the spruce cones. Um, the little chipmunks and the squirrels—they eat them like a cob of corn. They do. Like they sit on top of the fence.
2: Yes, exactly. And they sit and they there and spin, spin that all little over pine, the place. that
0: little cone. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one year we had uh, Ralph and the team were taking a single uh, cedar or the big spruce pine cones across the street, across our beam, around the back corner, and burying them under our deck. They did this for <laughs> about two months.
0: Sort of just like the old cartoons, right? The old Chippendales where they <laughs> exactly. store everything. There you go. <laughs> yeah,
2: so Alrighty. a busy, busy crew. Thanks very much.
0: I love your show. Thanks, Diane. We enjoy doing it. Thank okay, you so much. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 And uh, actually, I do want to thank everybody who did call in um, on the on Friday there. We had the, the pledge day, and uh, I was down there for an hour, and we had uh, a couple people call in uh challenging our listeners and which was nice. So, um, that was good. And they, I know they beat their goal of over $200,000 raised. So that was a great day for that. So lots of small charities will benefit from, from pledge day, uh, on Friday there. So, which was great. Um, and again, if you want to join Terry and I, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. Um, Terry, I was going to just say, um, we got a couple of texts we can read here. And and we got the old dreaded black aphids on my Christmas cactus. But I'm not sure if he's talking about the little black um, fungus gnats um, is probably more so is what he has. I'm thinking the little fruit flies. But, John, if you want to just clarify, but if you do have aphids on there, you can just use the pure spray green. As well, but if you do have the fungus gnats, I would recommend a little less water, and then get the mosquito dunk tablets, and then mix them with water. Um, like you end up making like a mosquito dunk tea that you water your plants with, and that works very well to get rid of the the fungus gnats. But we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome <clears throat> welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper as well. Um, you can call us or text us at 403-974-8255. We do have a few texts that we can go through. And here's the first one uh, from Mary. It says, Hi, gentlemen. I'm not able to put my tree up until the 19th, so I'm wondering if I can keep it in the garage until I can get it up. Any, any thoughts on that, Terry? That should be okay, eh? Terry? Well, maybe Terry's left us for right now. Oh, But, hi, Terry. Hey, yeah. Sorry, back.
1: Um, yeah, I, that would be just fine. Just keep it in the garage in that uh, that cool area, and then give her a fresh cut on the 19th, and you should be just fine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just try and keep it out of the sun, and, uh, yeah, cool, dark garage, Perfect. Um, and then uh, you should be able to get it up and have it looking gorgeous. So so good luck with that. That should be totally fine. And here we got another text here. Can you repeat what you use on the cedar boughs when using it for indoor decor? <clears throat> the product we use for there is it's called Wilt Proof, and it's an anti-desiccant, and it's also one that we recommend for outside on our tender evergreens like cedars or boxwood and you just spray it on you gotta do it when it's a little bit warmer so if it gets really cold you might need to lay down some a sheet or some sort of paper down on the ground in the house and and spray it and, and soak it in that way if it's on a warmer day you can get outside and uh, and give it a good soaking and spray all the foliage let it dry and uh, it'll add uh, three times the life to your um, greens that you're going to bring inside um, to, for the Christmas season. And I got one here for Terry. It says, uh, hello, can I plant my garlic now? Would it, would it be like the tulips with the lady that she was talking about earlier? That's from Robin. What would you do there, Terry?
1: What I would do there is I would sit, try and see. Um, I have some garlic uh, that I planted at home, um, probably about, four or five weeks before we had uh, the ground was frozen and then I also planted some here at the store in the front there in a few spots in just a few days before we got some real cold weather and and had a hard freeze so um, I don't think it would be uh, much different than the stuff I planted at the store so I kind of have a bit of an experiment going on I'll see how the stuff that I planted at home does and the stuff that I planted here so
0: Okay, but if she was able to get to do a hole in the ground, um, would she be able to do that today, you think, still?
1: Yeah, try and dig maybe a a little bit bigger hole in it. She might have to bring, if it's it's frozen, um, um, might have to bring some of that soil inside overnight, but then you could certainly come out the next day, um, put a bit of that thawed soil in the hole, pop your garlic in, and then the rest of your soil on top, and yeah, I think it should be just fine.
0: Yeah, but might come uh, up a
1: little bit later. Um, but um,
0: I would I would try it and see. Yeah, the I believe the ground's probably fairly frozen. I have I've been out digging, but it's been pretty cold for a bit. So it all depends on on how frozen the ground is and if you can yeah. uh, if, if you're you able can to get dig up a maybe hole maybe close to the foundation. Um, I would try uh, digging in that
1: area there. Uh, just because you can get a little bit more time with that 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 part of your garden um, not freezing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's always the challenge is is getting it into the um, being able to to establish a hole in the ground and uh, and being able to to cover it up with some good soil. And if you don't have any thawed, you can pick up a bag of topsoil if you needed to and thawed out and uh, and then use that to cover your your garlic as well. Actually I haven't looked into growing garlic inside. I would imagine you could do that as well. Um, but it would need to go into some sort of dormancy as well, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, it's gonna or be that t- period of period of cold for sure. But yeah, it might might be able to do the same thing as um uh as the tulip bulbs in the fridge, throw the garlic in there. Um and then uh after it's had that I'd say probably about that same, that three month um twelve week period of cold try
0: planning it up and see what it does yeah for sure um another question we got and this is always one we get at this time of year um are things poisonous for your pets and i'm just seeing like the zygo cactus um is seeing if it if it is um poisonous um actually it this says the christmas cactus is not poisonous to humans cats or dogs but that is not to say you should go feeding your dog a Christmas cactus. <laughs> <laughs> However, so um, if they're eating lots of it, like I said, it can cause some vomiting. If you if you eat too much of anything, including a Christmas cactus, so if your cat uh, does eat it, it uh, it could very well end up being uh, a little bit of vomiting and not feeling great. But it will not. Uh, it's not toxic to either. Um, cats, dogs, or humans. So, so there you go, Terry. So you yeah. can continue nibbling on those Christmas cactus down at the down in the greenhouse there. In so. the
1: greenhouse, yeah. Well, I get <laughs> I know from experience. I have two cats and uh, several uh, Christmas cactus and Zygo cactus, and they don't. They're fine. They're, they don't bother them. Um, with something like that, I would encourage people to sort of have a plant um, that you know maybe. Um, Will deter or distract uh, cats. I um, I brought home the uh, on uh, Jessica's advice. I brought home a ponytail palm. Um, Yeah, we had a bunch at the store here in the fall, so I took one home, and they love that. I mean, it looks nothing like it did when I took it home, but I didn't spend big dollars on it, and they just go to town on that, and it's it's not toxic for them, and it's you know it's a it's a treat for them because they they just like I said have gone to sort of town on it, and I, I bought it with the idea that, you know, uh, if it saves some of my other plants... Um, it sort
0: of was the sacrificial lamb? Exactly. Pretty pretty
1: cheap insurance for the other guys, so... I catch
0: that. That was so my Siri. It's been a, Siri it's been was trying visit. to answer my question. I had my phone beside me, and it heard me say that, and then it, Siri goes, I'm sorry, I did not catch that. <laughs> so, so we also have Siri answering our questions wherever possible, so... <laughs> Again, that's always the spooky thing. The world is listening to you. Um, and here's another question we got. Um, hi Merle and Terry. Sometimes when I start my garden seeds in the house, I get fungus gnats. Do you think the mosquito dunk is safe to use on edible plants? Thanks. Wishing you all a great holiday season. Um, from what I understand, it is safe. It's an organic product. Um, so for everything I've heard so far, it's uh it it's it's fine. But one thing I would recommend when you are starting your seeds, if you are getting lots of fungus gnats, is try using a really good potting soil and just less water. Like you, you want to keep your seeds moist, but just typically the fungus gnats arise when there's just too much water over a long period of time. Um So if you can eliminate the water, the the problem will eliminate it as well. So so keep your seeds covered because usually when you When you seed them inside, you have them in your little covered dome, you water them, and then usually you don't have to water them a whole lot because that dome keeps it fairly moist. And then once they start coming up, um, the germination starts, you can start letting them dry out a bit. You don't want to continue to water at that point because you'll save a whole lot of damping off, um, the wilting from getting too wet, Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. So I would would just hold off on the water. And I'll chat a little bit about... uh, Derek's doing an experiment at school at Olds College in his horticultural class uh, with some different plants, but I'll, I'll chat with that. He's been sharing some of that stuff with me. But right now, we got to take a break. If you want to join us, phone lines are wide open 403 974 8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back. <coughs> Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And I am here with Terry Kemper. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And I do, there's a couple texts here that uh, we'll touch on quickly. I tried to dissolve the mosquito pucks in cold water to use on my plants before I brought them in and had no luck dissolving it. Does the water have to be warm or hot? I don't think it has to be hot, but it, it does take a bit to dissolve, like it just doesn't dissolve instantly. So it it kind of like a percolating tea bag. It takes quite a while. Um so if I, I think if I put it in there the day before I'll just let it sit in your water jug, it'll slowly dissolve, sort of like a bromine tablet um, that you use in your pool or hot tub, something like that. Where it just slowly it just doesn't and it just and so as you water and fill up. Um, you'll you'll continue to get um, effective product coming out of the out of the mosquito dunk because um, typically you put them right into your pond and into your water features and you don't get uh, and that's definitely not warm or hot water so I, I just think it, it's a, a bit of a slower process and it's just a a slow dissolving um, process Terry have you used them at all the mosquito dunks. <laughs>
1: I've not but I've seen them use them in the greenhouse here and I think they, they do you get a bit of mileage out of them like they don't necessarily need to do- dissolve completely from my understanding yeah. um if you're going to use them you know maybe drop it in that that water overnight but uh don't expect it to completely dissolve um and then uh after you've brewed that tea overnight uh call it um uh water uh, what are your plants with it that you're trying to treat for the fungus gnat. And then I think you can even take that, that um, mosquito dunk out, dry it out for the next time.
0: Just my Yeah. Understanding of it. Yeah. Yeah, let it soak in there for that can overnight, and then utilize that, that batch, and then pull it out, just put it back in the little Ziploc bag that we gave you when you picked it up, and then you can, uh, yeah, the next time you need to use it, you can water again with a new batch of tea. Because you got to remember like those mosquito dunks are made for like a pond or a like, smaller water feature. So it's meant to treat like <clears throat> like 500 liters of water Fair or whatever, something water. like that. Yeah, yeah. so not just a water can. So that'd be just overkill. So that yeah. that is the process for sure. Um, so you should be, that should help out. So actually I'm glad we chatted about that because we do talk about that quite a bit on there. And here's another text regarding wilt-proof. I'm trying to keep my lemon citrus tree over the winter in my house. Is it a good idea to use wilt-proof? You shouldn't need to at all. Like um, I have a lemon tree that I've had for four or five years now. Um, I put it outside usually from June 1st till September out on the patio, bring it inside. It does go through some leaf drop every so often. And sometimes it's by my fault of underwatering or um, just change of temperature. They will sometimes drop their, their foliage. and But it's usually, they rebound really quite quickly. Um, I just continue to fertilize um, my lemon tree either with 20-20-20 or 30-10-10. Um, they do like those too. And if, if you if you find it's it's suffering a bit, you might want to use uh, a, a bit of the Rage Plus on it to to get it back up and healthy and get the roots going. And if you've had a bit of issue with that, but I don't think uh, the Wilt Proof would do a whole lot um, to help out because they they should be they should be totally fine on that, in my opinion, anyways. What, um, uh, what do you do
1: with your uh, lemon tree for fertilizer through the winter, Merle?
0: I still fertilize sort of once a month, sort of with the 2020. You
1: do, eh? Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Or 30 I know with 10, lots of 10.
1: plants, they say, you know, back off on the fertilizer through the winter, but with, I've never grown citrus, so I'm not sure myself.
0: Yeah. But, and yeah. I still, even on all my plants, I, I know they say not to fertilize a whole lot. I definitely cut it back. I can sort of do a half dose um, um, throughout the winter, but I continue to feed them um, through the winter a bit. I just find they they seem to like that. They do quite well and uh, and continue to get a little bit of food. Because my lemon, they do like that higher nitrogen, a little bit acidic fertilizer. And I was getting a bit of yellowing. And I gave them a couple of shots of the 30 10, 10 And uh, they just perked right back up. And the, mm-hmm. the color filled back in on the tree, onto the leaves, which was totally good. Oh, I see. She actually just retexted. Again here, um, I meant to ask about a lemon cypress tree, but it came out lemon citrus. <laughs> Darn Surrey! Yes, the Surrey is interfering everywhere. <laughs> and this is this is Lucille. So um, yeah, you could use it on the on the cypress, but again in the house, um, there, you shouldn't need it because it's a, a live plant in your water. But yeah, it probably wouldn't hurt it for sure because they they tend to dry out a bit. So um, give them a shot of the. I wouldn't go crazy, like give, just give it a good spray and uh, with the proof, let it dry out, and then you should be fine. Um, shouldn't hurt it, eh, Terry? No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it should be just fine with the, with a the shot of willproof there. Absolutely. All right, got to take a quick break. If you want to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to... Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and I'm here with Terry Kemper and we are just discussing again the mosquito dunks as well as whatever else you'd like to chat about. Um, 403-974-8255 and again, I'm always very uh, appreciative of our team down at uh, Spruce It Up. We got a couple of texts from Jess who, who looks after all the ordering down in the tropical house. Um, brings in all those gorgeous plants. She was just giving me a few more little details on that. Yeah, the mosquito dunks aren't meant to dissolve in the water, but similar to what we were saying, Terry, just to steep in the in the water, sort of overnight in that in that water and then uh, remove it. And uh, and use it for that batch. And then the next time you need it, you put it in there and uh, let it steep again. And then you're good to go. And that should help with any of your fungus nut issue that you're going to have. But again, some of the preventative measuring is less water. And then just, I always run my fingers through the soil in most of my house plants on the bigger pots. Just stir it up a bit, like this sort of like a quick cultivation and, and i find that really helps with aerating it out and it, this removes any of that crust and just help break it up just give it a so if you don't like to stick your fingers in there you could just use like a fork or something like that or whatever mm-hmm. you have um i always just like to run my fingers through there quickly and uh, stir it up remove if you have any dead leaves or anything in there at that time pull those out and uh and give it a little stir up that way um couple other things that uh, at christmas is we have the amaryllis and uh it's probably one of my favorite christmas plants it's just uh i just love the color and with any of the bulbs i just find you you, that's where you get the the real vibrant colors with uh with your amaryllis and uh i think we haven't had as many amaryllis colors this year i think we finally maybe Um, we've talked about it a lot so people are understanding and hopefully but it's a fun process to get them to come back and a lot of times you get it's always interesting when you get three or four bloom cycles out of one bulb and as it gets older and larger you'll find that you'll get three or four shoots come out and when you just think it's done all of a sudden this sends another one back up which is uh, um, it's always just rewarding and uh, like I said I just love the colour on the on the on the amara so we have them a couple different ways terry which ones uh do we have in the store right now that you know of so
1: we have the the wax wax coated bulbs um that um they dip the bulb the entire base of the bulb in 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 hot wax and then um there's a small metal stand comes with them too and basically once you take them out of the package and you setting in some, some light, uh, they, they sort of take off. You don't need to water those ones, so they're kind of fun. And then we also have the traditional type, the bare root bulb, um, that you uh, uh, plant up in, in soil, leaving the neck of the bulb exposed. Um, and uh, those are the ones that generally you're going to be able to carry those ones through um, season to season. Um, I have tried that with the wax bulbs and not been terribly successful. Um, have managed to pull the odd one of those through, but uh, more success with the bare root bulb.
0: Uh, yeah, I think you need year. to almost pot the wax one up, sort of when it's done blooming, maybe, and and give it some food to help recharge um, the bulb again. Um, yeah, because those sorta.
1: ones do do stays a bit shorter, and you get you know the, that that you know that pronounced stem. You know, they're in that you know twelve to fourteen inches tall um it's been my experience with those um but you, to, to, to recharge that bulb you need to get those um those leaves going and so yeah <clears throat> peel the wax off plant them up and and uh, and and see if, if you're
0: trying uh if you're trying that style of bulb so when you're planting them up terry how deep do you plant it so i'm probably um
1: the majority of that bulb I'm going to still be able to see um, um, sticking out of the soil. So I want that, that soil to come up, um, obviously, you know, past the base of the bulb, um, up the side of the bulb, and just up to the sort of the, what you would call the shoulder um, of the bulb. and leaving It's the, sort of halfway up, sort of as it exactly. so, it's getting so you're or... probably have about half of that bulb um, in the soil and half of it uh, sticking out of the soil. Nice. And you, you you can do some things to sort of um smarten that up if you want you know you can put some moss in on top of that and i've seen you know um you know adding you know small little uh you know winter figurines and some dogwood and that kind of stuff and sort of jazz them up if you've got it in a bigger pot so um the nice thing about emeralds is that they grow so quick you know almost you know overnight you could probably measure it and again it'd be a good little project uh with kids because they do grow so fast, right? And You get that. Oh yeah, and
0: You're getting a little bit instant gratification. You put exactly. it in the pot, you get it going and it's, it starts growing like crazy right off the bat. But we got to take a quick break here for the news. If you want to join us after that 403-974-8255, you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to let's talk gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and I am here with Terry Kemper. Phone lines are wide open. Four zero three and nine seven four eight two five five, and that is the talk and text line. And I was going to mention Terry. Um, my son, as you know, Derek's in uh, Olds College, taking the horticultural program. So, I'm I'm actually kind of interested in all that right now. Kind of revitalizing, uh, seeing different things on on what they're teaching the kids and things like that. Um, but they're doing some experiments growing tomatoes. And I did get a lot of calls on this last year where leaves were getting curled up um, on the tomato leaves. Right. And, and from what Derek's saying out of the class, they're finding that when that's sort of similar to what we were saying, it's a type of bacteria, but what they're getting is the more compost in the, in the soil, but they're getting a lot more of the of the leaf wilt on the tomatoes. So just interesting.
1: Yeah, so more compost, they're seeing
0: that. Hmm. Yeah. They're getting the the real like that shriveled up. It just doesn't look it sort of looks like that tomato wilt that goes through a lot of tomatoes, but I think this is Maybe not as severe. It's more of a an aesthetics thing because, mm-hmm. like you said, they're seeing it. But one of the ones they but you are getting the most growth. Like, and that was the other thing that he they found. So I think it's trying to find a good moderation, a good mix of compost um, and this regular potting soil. So you're not getting all that leaf wilt. But that's the one. The one they're grown in wood chips and compost. <laughs> We're doing almost some of the best. So really good drainage with the wood chips, right? And and mixed in with compost. So
1: interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll, and I'll try and get a few more details from them, and uh, regarding on sort of the type of compost. Because when you're using some of the the newer compost, the if you're doing it yourself, you just got to be careful if it's too fresh, too ripe, hasn't aged long enough. Because a lot of times you can do more harm than good um on your plants when you add like some if you go off and you're right behind the the butt of a cow or the butt <laughs> of a horse and you're yeah oh there's some nice fresh manure i'm gonna put that in my garden um you're gonna cause more harm than good you're gonna burn all your plants and then yeah. also when you're doing the decomposing of leaves or or bark you can steal all the nutrients out of your soil because it takes a lot of nitrogen and a lot of uh Nutrients out to to decompose um, wood chips. So um, when you're when you're messing with nature, you got to be a little bit careful on on what you're doing. Good age, two or three year old manure is sort of what they say is a good rule of thumb. That pile sitting there for a couple years, let it age well before you start putting it into your garden or and into your plants. And I always say some on some of that stuff, a little bit is better than too much on on some of the organic stuff because it's highly concentrated right and it's it's uh it can go a long way so you got to be careful on when you're introducing that into your garden as well
1: yeah for sure i, I definitely go that that lower application and just more frequently um then you know putting you know three four inches on at once i definitely would
0: would not do. Yeah, that. sort of when you need to cultivate your soil, you eh? put yeah. a little layer on, cultivate it in at that time. So if you're doing it two or three times throughout the summer, it'd um, probably be great. Yep. Okay. What do, do you do? You have a preferred? I like, I know we have the bagged organic, mulch um, um, or uh, compost. That one's pretty nice. Um, obviously, we got the evolved the tree and shrub. And it's kind of a mulch. Yeah. Um and then uh a big area is we were using our our green it up um bulk product and using that to cover up and that's a mixture of soil and uh and with horse manure off the racetrack up north. So that one performed really quite well as well. Yeah.
1: Um when it comes to soil amendment, I I tend to my go to is sea soil. Um yeah. I've used it for so many years, and I love what it does. I love the results I see from it. And uh, so I, I usually try to have uh, a bag or two of that in the garage uh, at all times. And if I'm out planting something, um, I'll uh, I'll throw some in a pail and then just, just add it in with the area that I'm working, you know, scattered across the top. Yeah. And um, especially like how um, – with my, my latest toy, with the, the auger and, and using the augers in the garden, how it sort of, you know, it takes a lot of that work out of it. So I can I can auger the holes and then come along, scatter a handful of uh, compost or uh, sea soil around each hole and plant. Yeah. And, yeah, it does, it does a great job. Well,
0: it's, so, and it's nice with the when you're using the auger because it does grind the soil up really nicely. And it almost creates like a screened loam. So if you mix, if you grab a handful of sea soil and the pile around the hole that you just augered out, you can just you can mix that soil in with the with the compost, the sea soil, and then mix it back into your and in your planting. That's what I always love when I when we plant trees. I do like using an auger wherever possible because it just it just grinds it up nice, makes a nice hole, but it just gives you that nice soil afterwards when you're packing it back in. It just makes it nice to work with, and uh, it just it just makes the job a little bit easier. Easier and, and it gives and you a, a nice, yeah. absolutely definitely a lot faster. It gives you that good sturdy, um, a hole as well, which helps stabilize the plant or the hole. Because sometimes if you go way too big, your tree sits in there, and you end up the tree becomes really wobbly. So you got to be careful on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't get packed in and and if you're doing a larger caliper tree as well. So um, we do have a couple of callers on the line. Let's go to Pat. Good morning, Pat. Hello. Hi there. How can we help you?
3: Well, I am right on the topic that you started <clears throat> with your sun and tomato plants. Okay. Last year, I had a whole lot of things going in and on in my life, and I didn't get my tomato plants in as early as usual. Instead of going down to your place, which is further from me, I went to a different place. Yeah. And I got uh, they are called tomato stripped German, and they're an heirloom, an intermittent. Yeah. What do you call it? Intermittent,
0: intermittent, yeah, yes,
3: and uh, although they were late because I got them in late, they produced like Crazy. I, I've never had such great, and they're they're kind of a they're more like a... Uh, what do you call what do you call the bigger tomatoes?
0: Like the beefsteaks? Yeah, the beef they're steaks? more like a beefsteak. Yeah, uh,
3: and it's the I saved the. The thing that came out of the out of the pot, and I think they really, really work well. Uh, and I would wondered if you'd ever grown them and or know anything about them.
0: Uh, what did they have in the pot? Did it look like a like a tea bag or something like that?
3: You mean in the pot? Yeah. What it looked like is the people that they had hired to water them hadn't. <laughs> So they, okay. <laughs> they weren't really healthy when I got them. But yeah. I i have, I'll, I'll tell you what I have. I have a kind of a frame against the back of the garage. And okay, the next. rest of it, I call it my Yuma greenhouse. I yeah. saw this thing in Yuma when we used to be, um, you know, going we south for, for the winter. winter a little bit. Yes, yep. and it, what it is is just a frame against the wall, and then it's got two shower curtains. So I pull it over every night and open it every day, and I do make sure that I give them lots of water, and I do fertilize them a lot. Yeah, And the only thing that I thought the fertilizer, they grew too tall, but
0: um, they really produced Okay, and what was the name of those again? Do you it remember? Says,
3: it says I've got the, the little card that came in tomato, striped German, and it says they're an heirloom, mm-hmm. yeah. and, it, and it says kitchen garden, and what else does it say?
0: So what is starting late too isn't necessarily a bad thing a lot of times with your tomatoes because they do like the warm weather. So sometimes if we're starting them too early, oh. sometimes they kind of just sit there. They're hanging out there saying, What are you doing to me? It's a little chilly out here. And this, so, a tomato will perform. And when you put it into, like, when the soil's already nice and warm, and if you got, like, you were saying, your cover like that, um, you're going to be sometimes not necessarily better, but you're not going to lose any time because um, a lot of times, if you, if you go out too early, they just sit there, anyways. So um were you able did you save any of the seed from Oh from I these never at all? tried
3: well I've still got some of them, so I guess I could. I never Absolutely. I never yeah. thought about that.
0: Yeah, I know. Save some seed and uh and then regrow them. You could even grow them over the winter. You could just if you have tomatoes on there, you can just take a slice of tomato, um, let it dry out a little bit and put it right into a, a pot, cover it with a little bit of soil and it'll just germinate like crazy right there in the pot. Oh, well, that's a surprise. I've never done that. Yeah, we we we, t- we talked about it there a couple months ago and, and a couple years ago. Uh, Stan Carver, one of our listeners as well, I know he tried it and he had great success. Uh, we had posted it on social media. And if you just take sort of thin slices with the seed layers and he just lay it on top of the soil and then just cover the soil a little bit, you could also do it the other way. You could pull the seed out and let it dry out and, and do that way. But they've... Uh, that works if you just take the slice of tomato, put it right into the right on top of your soil, cover it with a little bit of soil, and just uh, and just cover that with a little bit of saran wrap. It'll just uh, germinate like crazy.
3: Make my own little greenhouse. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, I just I was just interested if you'd ever grow on that particular kind.
0: Uh, that one I don't remember growing, but we do we do carry uh, a lot of the heirloom tomatoes. And um, so, I will definitely. I'm just. I wrote that down. I'm going to see if I can get those into our lineup um, for the for next year because it sounds like a good one. So well, I'll see what, what I can do.
3: What I understood a long time ago that the heirloom tomatoes are more uh, hardy to our environment or our area. Is that true, or is that something um, I made?
0: yeah yes and no, like some of the things that they've done when they've done like all most of all of our seeds and things like that are non g m o but the heirloom is sort of like a tried and true like a like a true variety that okay. hasn't been then mixed up a bit, but some of the like the food in the world where they've where they've done some of the g m o and some of the they've altered it to grow in certain areas, so where it's really helping other areas of the world grow food. Where that plant maybe wouldn't do as well, so there is some good and bad with the whole GMO thing as well because I know like I said, a lot of the places in the world wouldn't be able to grow some of the food that that they do grow without some of the modification that they've done. but um on the on the heirloom it's sort of that's the true varieties and and most time uh, like you're saying they 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 stay true, they grow really well. And uh and, and do really well in our area as well. But it could be an heirloom to depends on what plant heirloom to what area of the world as well, yeah. right?
3: <laughs> that what I understood at one point was there was somebody at uh Airdre, or, that was growing these just for yeah. this area.
0: Yeah, Tim, I think him, I think it's Tim's tomato. I've had him on the show years ago. Um, I, I, I should look him up. I know we, we did get his plants in a few years ago, um, in, in, in the store as well. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if he's still up there growing. I bet you he is. I'm pretty sure it's, it's Tim's tomato. Um, or actually no, it's Casey's heirloom tomatoes of Airdrie. I just popped it up here. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. okay. yeah.
3: Okay. Well, I yeah. just thought no, I'd share he that with uh, you and ask yeah, you. Yeah. He has a, a website.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, it's probably worth to check out because he he has some really nice looking uh, tomatoes and and w- I always love when you see I'm just going to see quickly if I see the one that you were talking about um, as he has and I always like the names of the older ones. Any, what's your Terry? What's your take on the heirloom versus other tomatoes?
1: Yeah, like you were saying, like my understanding is the heirloom they, they come uh, as a, I guess in terms of you know their their genetics they're uh, untouched or a little bit stronger I guess. Anytime you're my understanding when you're hybridizing something and you're you're playing around with hybridizing and you come up with something new, you always lose something or leave something behind in terms of, so you, you gain in one area but lose in another. So um, I'm not a big um, tomato grower so I can't speak to uh, having grown heirlooms but
0: um, nice that we still have those those with us for sure Yeah, I found one he has a striped sweetheart dark but I haven't seen the striped German tomato on his site um, but he has like probably 40 different kinds or more um, on his site so um, we're checking out and he's so, just up in Airdrie so uh, um, I'll Always great to see what you can get from a guy like that. On the bottom of this card,
3: it says tomato striped German. But that that's all the information that it Yeah, gets.
0: he has striped sweetheart dark, oh. and then just a striped sweetheart. And it's kind of a pink, and it has some stripes on it. And then he has Mr. Stripey, which looks like a cherry tomato. And then a lucky cross, and then pink Berkeley. Tie-dye, which is pretty funky looking. It's a yeah. red and green, almost looks like a Christmas decoration, and uh, chocolate lightning, and green zebra. There's another oh. nice green-looking tomato, which has some different stripes. So, um, Actually, I'm going to reach out to Casey and uh, see if I can get him on the show in the new year, and we'll chat some tomatoes and the heirloom and stuff. So I'll make a note of that to get him on and chat. About tomatoes, because there's always issues that come up with tomatoes with some of that curl, the end rot, and uh, and then whatever else comes up in the tomato world. So, all right. Well, okay. thank you so much, thank Pat. You. You're all welcome. Right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. If you want to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403 You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to let's talk gardening and let's talk gardening is brought to you by spruce it up Kyrie's Christmas destination, spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. I guess I should mention, I should say bling it up. Maybe Terry (laughs) during the Christmas, we have lots of Christmas bling down there right now. So lots of it. Yeah. If you're looking to bling it up, bling it up. (laughs) Come on down. Um, Anyways, let's go. We do have a couple of callers and if you want to join us, phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255. And I'm going to go to Gavin. Good morning, Gavin.
4: Hi, Merle. Um Hey,
0: how can we help you?
4: I got a couple, yeah, I got a couple questions.
0: I listen to your show all the time and uh thanks. Um
4: Nicole, the missus, was just watering her plant and she found a worm in it. Oh, and it's nice. about the size of your baby finger, but how long, I don't know. Will that kill a plant?
0: Um, no, worms are usually good in there. Is it more like a centipede or a worm?
4: Uh, well, I don't like know. A... I, by the time I got there, it was going under. So,
0: <laughs> Okay, so it's probably more like sometimes those centipedes can get in there and or the certain worms and they can eat the roots away. Um, oh. But if it's just like did you have real garden soil brought in? Or did you um, use a potting soil?
4: It's just potting soil. Like the okay. plant's not dying or anything. She was just freaking out. Yeah, there was a
0: worm. Yeah, normally a worm is good because it gives you aeration and stuff like that. It's usually a good. And if it oh. if it is a type of worm, it's uh, also the the castings from it won't hurt it. And and yeah, kind of live looks in pretty it. Pretty fat, of, like it's been there for a
4: while or
0: something. So you're you're treating it good. I guess. He doesn't pay rent, so. <laughs> well, I, I don't think I would worry about it unless, it, like I said, if it's just, like I said, if it's kind of the smooth worm, like a regular yeah, worm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, then I wouldn't worry about it. It goes in there, does its thing, it aerates, it uh, fertilizes the soil. Oh, really? <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Yeah, so I wouldn't worry about job. that at all. And, like I said, the aeration will definitely help. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, you should be fine. But as long as you don't turn into uh and I'm not sure if they're, uh, if they produce by themselves or do you need a couple worms or if you're going to end up with a big worm farm in your pot there. So, um, to, so I've well, seen things where they, where they, someone's had a worm and, uh, like a worm farm and you start up with a and then they put the paper over like in their kitchen and all of a sudden they open it up like a couple months later and there's like 500 worms in there, right? Like oh,
4: really? Well, this one, he looked fairly fat and long but that's the only one.
0: So yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't worry about him if he's just like that. Um how big of a pot is it?
4: Um I don't know. It looks like about 8-10 inch pot.
0: Okay, it's- so it would be easy to if you want to like when the soil gets a little bit dry after you water it um you could sort of squeeze the pot, maybe see if you can pull the plant out and oh, just sort I of see. take a look in the root system. And see if there's a bunch of worms in there, or just one, or, or if yeah. it's eating. If if you see nice healthy root system, it's um, kind
4: of a funny it. looking plant. It just hangs over the side of the pot. It looks oh, like okay, something. sort of like a ivy or something. Yeah, it could be or something from aliens or something kind of weird looking <laughs> tropical plant. <Yeah. laughs> it's, yeah. and I, it,
0: I don't know. And it's not a slug or anything, right?
4: Um, no, I guess
0: not. It's no. I, just I don't know the names. But. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about it, to be honest, Gavin, If it's just that, like I said, it's digging down into your soil, creating some nice aeration for you, hey, it's all good. Sure.
4: And my my second question was, is that okay?
0: Or, yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, okay.
4: Um, I had a, a, a lemon plant one time yeah. last year, and old Jack, as uh, soon as we transplanted him, he, everything just died, like, it just went like because I, yeah. I listened to you before and you know put him in a bigger pot pot because he was doing pretty good and
0: yeah. uh, and then, hey Gavin we're just gonna put you on hold I just gotta okay. take a break for news because there's a little bit of a longer answer we'll get to right after the break and okay. uh, we'll talk about Gavin and his lemon right after the break you're listening sure. to uh, let's talk gardening on 770 okay. chqr. Welcome back to Let's talk gardening Emerald Coombs and I'm here with Terry Kemper. I do have one quick text here. Where can we find your Apple podcast? It actually it's available on Spotify the Apple podcast. If you just under the search, if you go let's talk gardening, um, you'll be able to find it there. It's under all of the the normal let's or uh, podcast places um, that you would typically find it. So you should shouldn't have too much of an issue um but just type in let's talk gardening and it should come up there for you but we're just going to go back to Ken and we're just chatting about his uh his lemon tree. So uh, do you still have the lemon tree no. Gavin, sorry?
4: No, no, it's no, okay. we got it went into the green bin.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, cuz yeah. typically like mine mine was like that like I said lost all its leaves. I got nothing and it sat there for about 2 months and it was kind of little leaves starting to sprout out and then all of a sudden I, I was pretty patient because I just checked the bark a couple of times it was still green um, but yeah, ours kinda... was turning brown okay uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah. so maybe this got dried out unfortunately went through a, a, a bit of a dormant thing but typically they will lose their leaves every so often like every couple of years they'll just drop their leaves um, yeah. so that does happen I know it's happened to me a few times and uh I'm usually just, just patient with it. Continue to water as per normal, let it dry out in between waterings. And oh, okay. uh, yeah, I know my uh my wife wanted to chuck it out uh, numerous times and uh, <laughs> I, I said she goes it's I can't remember the word she said, it wasn't great though I'm describing yeah. <laughs> it. So <laughs> Yeah. Um you
4: um do you sell them like you yeah, can't buy them this time of year, though, right? Yeah,
0: no, we have some in stock now. We have some lemons and a couple other of the citrus. I think we have some lime in that in stock right now. And you were talking one of your shows there about bananas, banana trees, or something. Yeah, and I think we have some of those in stock as well. We typically we bring those in a lot. A lot of people use them outside in their oh. pots for summertime, like a foliage pot. Um, but you, absolutely, you can
4: grow those in the house. Definitely. Like-
0: yeah, absolutely. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I started mine last year in the house because I wanted to get it big to go outside. Um, but unfortunately, I went through the whole time growing it inside. Then I put it out a little bit early, and then we ended up getting that frost. And oh. so I had I mean, early frost, and I end up losing it. It got frosted down, and because uh, they're fairly um, susceptible to frost, so they can't handle any frost. So they yeah. Uh, so okay, but yeah, absolutely. So we can Alrighty. just pop down there and get one. Er- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, we okay. have them in the tropical house.
4: Okay, maybe I'll try to get Jack back going again.
0: You know, Jack. Let's right, let's let's do, let's, you know, let's do, do it. <laughs> let's do it, Gavin. Let's get one going. <laughs> okay, <thank> you, bro. <laughs> all right, all right. Alrighty, bye bye. All right, where we're out for time. We're good. Let's go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. Hey, Ken. Good morning. Hey, how can we help you? Uh, I got a question about a bird of
5: paradise. I sent you a couple of pictures.
0: Yeah, I see that.
5: Okay, so this bird is about 11 years old. We started from seed. Oh, wow. And last year was the first year that we actually got some uh, birds off it. We got six off it last year, and right now uh, we've got two going. Yeah,
0: it looks like there's two on there right now.
5: Yeah, so my question is, if you take a look at the pot, it's kind of, it's like it's really root-bound.
0: Yeah, I, I would say it needs to get transplanted, definitely. Okay, so a question is, could you split this plant? Um, it looks to me like you could. Or would it be could. too much damage to it? Yeah, to me... I, it looks like you could do that because um, it is. It did split. Um, the 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 bulb it looks like. Let's let me just do a quick um and see what what the thoughts are on splitting those. But I'm I'm almost sure. Yeah, no, you can you can. It should be this if it's been pr- dividing. Bird of paradise is best accomplished on mature plants that have been previously blooming for at least three years. You create, create new plants by removing the young suckers or digging up the old clumps and separating the the rhizomes with a sharp knife. So what I would okay. do is if you, when you're transplanting that, if you want to just pull it up, just right where that split is, just start pulling it apart a bit and you'll sort of see where it's going. And then okay. just use a sharp knife to just cut right down the center. Okay. And, and then we you were... can transplant them you could probably put one of them back into that same pot or, or get yourself a couple larger pots because it's quite big and it's going to get top heavy on you as well. So yeah. I'd probably go to a, like a 14 inch pot.
5: Actually, this is a 16 here now.
0: Oh, really? Okay. It looks smaller in the picture. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, it's 16, 16 wide by 10 deep. Yeah. So I'm, I was thinking like 16 high. Like, oh, so you want to go okay. like four, 14 inch high pot. Okay. Um, yeah just to help stabilize and so if you get to uh like a 14 um or even a 22 inch pot if you're, if you're going on the width then yeah um, that'll give you three or four inches on each side wider you get yourself a good 20 inch pot then and okay. uh, and then you should be good then you should be good for a couple of years okay. but it looks great and especially from seed that's uh that's a great job but yeah
5: and well, if you been, wanted,
0: been, when you're doing the trans, when you do the splitting, if you have any Rage Plus, you can use that or fertilize like a fifteen thirty fifteen, and that'll yeah, help keep the roots going. I
5: use Rage Plus on it all the time.
0: Yeah, so just use some of that because the roots look like it's oozing out of the pot, so it has a good root system. Um, but the Rage Plus will help help you do that and help prevent any transplant shock okay great thank you so much for taking my call awesome looks good let me know thank how it goes
5: thank you have a good day
0: all right you too take care bye Bye-bye. all right and where are we at for time we got to take a quick break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr welcome back to let's talk gardening and if you like to join us here phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255. and that is the talk and text line. Got to mention one text we just received from Rose. Um, she sent us a picture of her gorgeous um, hoya cymosa, and the leaves she has it going sprawling all over her living room. Um, grows up the up the corner of the living room, all the way across the ceiling, through the center of the house. It's it probably has a couple hundred feet of. Um, uh, Of branches, so pretty, pretty gorgeous looking uh, um, plant, um, taking over her uh, her her living room, Terry. There,
1: yeah, that is uh, that is quite a Hoya,
0: (laughs) yeah, absolutely.
1: I I know they can go a a little um, a little bit wild, but that one is certainly healthy,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Looks great. Um, and let's go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Stephen. Good morning, Stephen.
1: Yeah, I, uh, purchased, uh, food and items for seniors and, uh, they've asked me again to pick up some, uh, bird houses. Yeah. Do you carry a variety
2: of different prices for your bird houses or do they start at 50 or $70 or whatever?
0: Yeah, they, yeah, we have um, We have different price points for sure. Um, and we have all kinds of different houses as well. And the That's, good one uh, we have ones that are um made the majority of the ones we have are locally um made here in in Calgary and area, so
3: So they're handmade. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, so they can't they can't be twenty dollars or anything like that i mean, no, they're they on start, pension. they start the at fifty ish and they go up to a hundred and some depending on the size and and what's entailed i know we have some grain oh, elevator wow. ones and they're at ninety um and they've he's personalized them for different towns as well like he has high river i know i got one for my wife i this you can yeah so yeah definitely not the super super cheap but Really, really good quality and they're starting there in that fifty dollar range twenty or something oh. like that. All right then. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Stephen. Take care. Bye bye. And if you have your Cowrie Hort discount card, um, you can get fifteen percent off as well. Um, we do honor that down at Spruce It Up. Um, I'm I'm actually pretty happy with uh a lot of the bird houses we have, I, I love the cedar ones. And then the new ones we got with the he's doing, he has one that looks like the um, I'm trying to think what, um, what cartoon sort of has the house that has the wobbly roof on it. Terry, do you know what I'm thinking?
1: Mm, no, I'm trying to blank on with that. There's some fun ones out
0: there for sure. Yeah. There's I a couple that. that are kind of nasty. Like there's the, a couple the that are really the,
1: fun. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. No, and they, they're locally made. <laughs> the bird flying into the cat's butt. That one's kind of funny. I like Yeah, that. I like the one, the cat looking over his shoulder. That one's yeah. fun. Yeah, that one's good. Um, let's go. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open 403 um, 974 Oh, yeah, Dr. Seuss. There we go. See, our listeners just bang. You just, just ask them, <laughs> and, they, and they go. Um, and also, wobbly roof. <laughs> what, did, what did I say? Uh, I can't remember what I said something. <laughs> um, I have, and then I'll show, show you another question. I have Mealybug on a very old Hoya. I've sprayed sp- several times, and they just keep coming back. One of the best ways is with the Pure Spray Green, but also if you get some rubbing alcohol, and they need to get physically removed. Like if you can get yourself like a really soft, like we have these green gloves. Um, they're sort of a leaf, a leaf, rubbing glove, in the store, and or if you get yourself some Q-tips, because they're typically they get into the crevice of the leaves. So just dip it in a little bit of rubbing alcohol, and then just use um, your Q-tip and get in there and physically remove the um, the mealy bugs because they 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 become very they 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 lock on. And when they're coated with all that fuzz, that's done um, to protect them. She says she's done the rubbing alcohol as well. Um, the only other thing is if you can take it into a shower or somewhere where you have a hose attachment, um, can lay out some of the spots and give it a good blast of, uh, of water, um, that works well. Or if you can wait to get outside on a warm day, if you're able to move it out, depends on how much if it's that one that's if you have one that's growing all over your living room, that one will be a little bit tougher to do. But um, we do have a couple other products called Kills All, if you and it does about twenty different pests. Um, if you have a spot where you can spray it, or if you need to cover it as you're spraying, like with a towel in behind, it's in an aerosol can. You can try a couple of those. Um, we have the one for house plants and uh, and try and do that. I know they can be a menace, and it needs to. You need to do it sort of like this week again next week and the week after kind of with most of our pests if you do it sort of three weeks in a row you can get them looked after because they're a lot of times they've laid eggs or they have that protection mechanism in place where it takes a bit of determination on your end also to get rid of them it's not just a one and done um spray and then that's it especially like spider mites and aphids it's usually a two or three spray um, event like I know my lemon tree had the spider mites, and it took me three sprays to to clean it right up. And now I'm now I'm good in the house. I have no webbing or anything like that. But because um, they're so small, you don't see them, and they can become quite a pest. Anyways, we are going to take a quick break. If you want to join us after the break, we have a couple spots 8255, nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy chqr. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and I'm here with Terry Kemper. And we were going to cover a couple of the Christmas plants and we should maybe get back to that, Terry. Um, let's start with the, I would say probably the number one Christmas plant, the poinsettia. What are your thoughts on the old poinsettia, Terry?
1: Yeah, I um, i mean, I always love hauling one home and, you know, kind of setting it in a prominent spot and, and enjoying it through the holidays um i always i don't have a, a go to i tend to sort of gravitate to the one that sort of calls out to me as i as i walk in there every year yeah. you know i've brought home pink white red um the uh sort of the model with the the white and the red so they're just i mean you can't beat them they just uh, instant focal point for whatever room they're uh, they're going absolutely. into absolutely
0: yeah no, I, I, I'm always, I, I tend to be drawn to more of the red ones. Um, I'm, I'm sort of a traditional Christmas guy, sort of the, the silver, white, uh, all that kind of, kind of stuff, which is uh, sort of what I tend to. I, I don't mind the tri colors sometimes. The bigger, if I'm doing the big ones, I like those, <clears throat> and then the pure white ones. We, because sometimes you get the white and they're kind of a cream color. Um, yeah, right yeah. now, we do have some of the Princedia and they're like a pure pink and a pure white. Um those ones I like again, I, I always tend to go for the ones where they're the pure colors. Like it's sort of I like that sort of where well, it doesn't look like it's been mixed into a blender. It's <laughs> <laughs> the that's a pure color. That's why I like the bulbs and like the tulips and the and we talk about that in the, in the summertime as well, like the big uh dahlias. A lot of the different plants that you get, those big, big leaves, their tulips, the amaryllis, and uh, where it's just just nice, right? You get the pure colors. And easy care. Um, poinsettia, if you get one with a sleeve, try not to water it with the sleeve on. Take the sleeve off. Take it to your sink. Water it. Let the water run out the bottom. Leave it in the sink for 10, 15 minutes, and then slip it back into that uh, foil sleeve, Do not overwater. That's the easiest way to kill a poinsettia is overwater. They are from the cactus family, so they can dry out a bit. So just let them dry out in between watering, sort of the same rule of thumb with all our plants. Um, They can go a little bit drier, and they'll tend to just start wilting a little bit, telling you when they need water. Um, Just don't let them go too much. It's easier to add water to your poinsettia than take it away. If they get too wet, um, they get that uh, poinsettia wilt going, and they're basically done. They just, it doesn't take long for them to kind of just rot from the stem. Mm. And then we go to our Christmas cactus, which is a great one. And most of our Christmas cactus that you see in most of the stores and that are available are actually, they call them a Thanksgiving cactus because more in the lines of the American Thanksgiving, which is at the end of November. That seems to be they're on that cycle, sort of the start of the holiday season um, in the U.S. And that's sort of the most of the ones that we get, they just they they just propagate much easier. They're a more durable plant. Um, the true Christmas cactus has more. All the corners are rounded, and they just they don't perform. They don't propagate as well. So when we do get the true ones in, they tend to be a little bit more expensive as well because they're a little harder to grow to get going and they're just not readily as available. So, um, typically what you're seeing is the, is the Thanksgiving cactus slash Christmas cactus, but all the same, they look phenomenal and they're quite easy. Do you have any of those going, Terry? Yeah, I got two or three of those. (laughs) Okay. What do you do?
1: Um, we keep them in a east-facing window, so fairly bright light for for the for the morning. Um, and um, live in an older house, so the room is uh, typically uh, on the cooler side. But um, other than that, um, I mean they're pretty easy care. Uh, we've got them in uh, clay pots, so I think that helps a lot um, with uh, with maintaining yeah. the right level of moisture in the soil. But um, the one is just finished. Um, Probably a month ago was just just phenomenal. The Christmas cactus uh, is the bigger of the, the bunch, and it's um, it's it hasn't bloomed yet, so um, it's next. But uh, okay. I was going to point on that out. On that, we've just uh, um, Lisa's just posted a uh, a blog on our blog uh, about the uh, if you're unsure about what you've got, either a Thanksgiving or Christmas cactus. Yeah. I would uh, encourage people to just have a look. There's <clears throat> posted a nice article that sort of has some care instructions and uh, easy identifiers if you're unsure of what you got.
0: Okay, awesome. Yep. Yeah, and that's uh, and Lisa looks after all of our social media. She does an awesome job. That's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, getting all, all kinds of information to everybody, and uh, which is great. And I was chatting with her yesterday about uh, just collaborating on some shows for us, Terry, to get some guests on over the winter. And if uh, if anybody has any thoughts on things or topics that you want us to cover over the winter, uh, send us an email either to info at siugc.ca or message us over social media on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Um, and you can reach us over our website as well. Um, if you have any topics that you want us to cover or guests that you'd want to get us on, I want to get the Bonsai Society, uh, Casey's Tomatoes, I'm going to get Sheldon from uh, Evolve, which does the Rage Plus, and uh, and that'll give us a good start. Um, a few things, but like I said, if you have any thoughts, um, we'll do that um, as well. But we got to get going. That's it. Thanks for everybody. Thanks, Terry. All right. And we're going to get our garden on right here next week on 770 CHQR.